So your favorite baseball team loses to the worst team in baseball. And the numbers three through nine spots in the order come up a combined 0 for 20. So, yeah, let's talk about something else today. Huh? Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins that I hope you'll check out. Reds 4, Pirates 0. Can we just bring the Dodgers back? How about that, huh? Wow. It, it's it's that they're not even competitive against the Reds for the most part. Some things will just not go away. In fairness, the Reds have played better ball in general of late. They gave Milwaukee a rough ride this week. But still, you know, Connor Overton, reject who's been bounced all over creation, independent leagues, and he comes out there and mows you down. After you take two out of three from the $300 million Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah, we can talk about something else. We're going to talk about Jack Sawinski today. Jack Sawinski has gotten off to enough of an encouraging start in his opening couple of weeks in the bigs that Derek Shelton's already speaking publicly of the possibility that he's just going to stick. He just might belong in the bigs. Now, there are a lot of different contexts for that sort of thing, especially when it comes to playing outfield on this roster, because there have been times this season where you could look at the outfielders on this team, with the obvious exception in center, and think that you could pull people off the street to do the job. But look, Suwinski, who went over two, by the way, in this game, because there was nobody other than Ben Gamble who was going to be getting hits on this night. He's now hitting 215. And I'm going to start with that because that's the one negative number, at least in old school thinking. I'll keep reminding everyone that batting average, even though it's their first reflexive thing that a lot of us, myself included, look to has become something of a relic, and that in the calendar year 2022, the average average in the bigs is 218. And this is with the universal DH. That's just what's happened here. Hitters are working walks, or they're hitting homers. Sawinski is doing both. Through 44 at-bats, he's got 10 hits. Two of them are homers, two of them are doubles, and he's drawn four walks. And yeah, it's early, but there's something about watching him at the plate, watching him uh, dig in deep to counts. He looks comfortable. He looks confident up there. And I know that shouldn't matter. That sounds like one of those superficial things that those old scouts in Moneyball sitting around the table talking to Billy Bean and trying to convince him about how so-and-so doesn't have a good-looking girlfriend and therefore he lacks confidence, that kind of thing. But Suwinski, when he gets in there, he has that ball player look to him. He doesn't appear as if anything's going to intimidate him or anyone who's out on the mound. And I'm okay with acknowledging that. I'm even more okay 
with the very first tip I got about Suwinski going all the way back to February in Bradenton. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Third week of February, and I'm talking to Brian Reynolds about a whole lot of different things. There was the contract stuff at the time, you'll recall. And also just, you know, hearing from him as to what he thought about other younger players in the clubhouse. This was, some of you will recall because I was so happy about it, the first time reporters had been allowed back into clubhouses and were able to ask all kinds of questions like this that you couldn't do over Zoom in group settings. Hey, Brian, who are the young players that you really like out there? And don't worry about uh, who you might offend or whatever. You just can't do it. You just can't do it. But in here, I could. And he's not ever going to, no player will, talk bad about a young player. But you will hear the good. And it'll feel authentic. So to kind of get the conversation rolling, I threw out a couple of names. And he comes back with his feedback on those guys. And he motions directly across the room from him. And he said, you seen him hit yet? And I look over there. I have no idea who this person is, like none. And this is the other thing that happened in the pandemic. People became names. They weren't faces. They weren't statures. They weren't uh, the way they walk. The other ways that you can recognize people, but particularly professional athletes, because they have real pronounced demeanors about how they carry themselves. So I'm in a momentary panic there. I need to figure out who this is, right? Lucky me, I didn't have my glasses on, which means I can see from a far distance. I managed to see just enough of the nameplate to see an S something. And I realize it's Jack Suwinski who came last summer in the Adam Fraser trade. And I go, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. At which point Reynolds says, that's Josh Hamilton over there. Okay, now I'm sure that I'm going blind. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> because, look, when's the last time you'd heard anybody mention Josh Hamilton, as in the real Josh Hamilton? So, forgive me for thinking for a second that I he was telling me that this individual's name is Josh Hamilton and that I just hadn't done enough diligence before flying down to Florida. So I do the smart thing in this situation, and I just stay quiet, hoping that Reynolds will elaborate. And he does. And he says that he'd seen the kid take some swings in the cage, and he said, I told him, looks like Josh Hamilton. That's his batting stance. That's his approach up there. It looks like Josh Hamilton. At which point I go, whew. Okay, so he actually was talking about that Josh Hamilton, the one from the Texas Rangers, who had the somewhat star-crossed career, but was never in doubt in terms of his talent, what he could do at the plate. At which point Reynolds proceeds to say, that kid's going to be playing in Pittsburgh. And you can say that about anybody in the room, but what he meant was in 2022. Huh. Now, 
I'm sure I've shared with you guys before that I place a lot of stock in players evaluating other players. They see things that we don't. And unlike coaches or managers, or especially general managers, they don't have a vested interest in spinning something in one direction or the other. Plain and simple, Reynolds had seen something in this kid that he really liked, and he felt it was worthwhile to share it. In singling him out, he did so in a pretty powerful way. So here's Sawinski. Yes, he has a wide open field. He has his choice of positions because of the nature of the outfield in Pittsburgh. You do have Reynolds, of course, and you do have Gamble. I don't know that Gamble would be a starting outfielder on most teams, but dude's hitting 300 right now, and 300 will get you into most lineups anywhere, facing the same pitchers everybody else does. But if this other kid comes up and he shows what he's shown, and that includes the poise, the humility, the willingness to learn, there's no reason for him to stop in AAA. And I like this approach that I've seen now, that we've all seen, in multiple ways, from Ben Charrington. AAA matters, but it doesn't matter that much. And if there's anything that should be called from what's happened to Sawinski in the very, 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 I'm talking natal stage of his baseball career here, it's that we can and will see fast tracks. We can and will see position players maybe more than pitchers, get bumped up, with one exception, because I know this is what you're going to come back at me with, O'Neill Cruz. Why? Because O'Neill Cruz appears to be too talented, meaning they know he's going to make a ton of money, and that he's going to have a long career in the majors. So they control his rights for an extra year. They control the amount that he gets paid for the six years that he's here once he arrives in Pittsburgh. And it's yet another example of how stupid that whole system is. The good ones get punished. Jack Swinski can just show up and make it into the majors and stick. When we come back, this one question. times do we have to watch Josh Van Meter ground out weekly until he's finally released? This is a nothing special baseball player. And this might be the single most confounding addition to the roster that Charrington's made in his entire tenure. In fact, he's so confounding that he's irrelevant and it feels silly to even waste a question on him. Meaning the question choice, not your question, Jim. It's okay. <laughs> Meaning me picking this one to address this subject. He's not interesting in terms of potential. He's not particularly good defensively, even though he comes with that reputation. He has some power that he's demonstrated 
in his various cameos in the bigs. And he's also shown it a couple of times here in Pittsburgh, once most impressively up in Milwaukee with the 420-foot homer to uh, pretty much straightaway center off Corbin Burns. Not something that's seen very often. And, and I still don't care. If anything, the Van Meter edition just felt more like a case of a GM and a manager who just can't get enough of this versatility stuff. You know, oh, he can play multiple positions. And they say this, both of them do, Charrington and Shelton, as if this is like, the thing, like this is the trait that they have found in this individual. But he can play here and there. Oh, and oh, by the way, out there as well. Like, okay, and can he hit or not? You know, I really don't care what he can play. I'll tell you, you know who's my favorite, most versatile player on the roster? Daniel Vogelback. He can't play any position. But he can hit. Actually, he's okay at first base. You've just not seen it. it. He did it in spring training, and he did not at all hurt himself over there or hurt the team. What if he hurt himself at first base? That probably wouldn't be going very well for him. He's a baseball player. You know why? Because he hits the baseball. There is no shortage of metrics, advanced or otherwise, That'll back me on this. But the bat is where the value is. The impact that you have on the game as a defensive player, even if you are a superlative defensive player, even at shortstop, you're not really moving the needle all that much. It's helpful. There are games where it'll really show up. There are situations where it'll really, really show up. You know, the big play to win the game. Brian Hayes is going to have more than his share of those over the course of his career, where you'll be able to convince yourself that he means just as much to the team out at third as he does in the box. And it's just not true. The number of times a baseball is hit to you in a game and the variance between what's a great defensive player and what's just a can of corn that anyone at all can field is pretty limited. So when you see Jake Marisnik lay out for those two catches that one night and you're thinking, this is fantastic. He took away so many runs. It doesn't matter. There's a reason teams let him go all the time. He can't hit. He can't hit. Josh Van Meter is just another guy that they seemed to have picked up just because he can play a lot of different positions. And now in the National League, that makes less sense than ever because of the DH. You can't do double switches as much as you might love them. I suppose you can force the issue, and I believe Shelton's already had a couple this season. But no one really cares. You know, no one cares that you move this guy from here to there. And it, it's just it's just a thing that it needs to go away from baseball. 
find some hitters. And by the way, find some real hitters, people who get on base, people who make contact. Baseball just needs to get back to involving the bases again. See what you've done here. You've got me started on like a zillion different subjects here, Jim. I'm on a complete rant at this point. I don't want Josh Van Beener. I can't even say his name now. I don't even want Josh Van Meter on the roster in any capacity, regardless of whether or not he can play all of the positions and wash the cafeteria dishes afterward. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates, although I could understand why after this segment you would never do so again. For those of you who do return, next show will be Monday.